welcome to everyone this morning, and especially if you are a guest here with us today. We're so glad to have you in service with us this morning. Thank you for being here. We hope and pray that the Spirit of the Lord touches your life today, ministers to you this morning. If you're joining online, wherever you're watching from, we welcome you this morning as a part of this service. I'm going to be going to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I, um, in, in my earlier years of ministry, preaching, teaching, oftentimes I would sort of pray and maybe even sometimes beg God for some kind of confirmation that what I felt was from Him. And it usually never happened. And the, and the funny thing is, the older I've gotten and the less I've asked, doesn't happen all the time, the more it happens. And really, I strive. I, I, I said it to the parents uh, Thursday night in our Made to be Pure session with them that, uh, you know, God shows up to Gideon. And, and, you know, says you're a mighty man of valor and, and I'm basically going to use you to, to just just defeat an army. I mean, it, that's not a minor thing, but it, it's also not the biggest of things. And Gideon's like, who, me? And God, if that's really you, then, 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 then I'm going to put this, this, this rag out tonight. And, and when I wake up tomorrow morning, let the rag be wet and the ground dry. And that happened. He's okay, let's just try this one more time. And he asks the opposite, and that happens. And then that's not good enough. God has to send him down to the enemy's camp. And he, and he sneaks up on the enemy's camp. And, and, and the, the, some of the enemy soldiers are calling Gideon's name. I had this dream. and So finally, after multiple confirmations, Gideon responds. According to what we read in Scriptures, God spoke to Noah one time and said about the craziest thing he's ever said to anybody in all of history. I am going to destroy the earth with a flood, build a boat. And Noah said, yes, sir. And I, I have, I, I strive, I, I want to be like Noah. I want God to be able to speak to me, and that's enough. So all of that long rant to say, which some of you probably are sus- suspecting this, I got in the car this morning, and, and um, my, uh, I, I, going back to my teen years, the car ride, Sunday, wherever I'm going, is 88.9 WEAAFM Gospel Grace. And all day long they play gospel music. And, and I've heard a lot of songs that are based on scriptures. I mean, Psalms is not uncommon. The book of Psalms you can find, of course, that's what Psalms are. But you, we, we sing, we sing a song about the Lord. We sing it sometimes. The Lord is my shepherd, and and there's other songs, and and there's a, there's a few other places. There's Isaiah's got a couple things. We we talk we sing when I walk through the 
waters and the fire and the flood and all that. That's based on some things that are said in Isaiah. There's probably a few other places, but I've never in all my life, in all my years of listening to 88, I'm talking back to my teen years. And yes, I realize you wouldn't guess it, but that's, that's about 40 years ago. I know some of you think well, that was only probably five, six years ago, but it wasn't. And in all, I'm, I'm talking hours and hours cumulative of that playing. I've never heard this song, and I've never heard a song about these verses. But I got in the car this morning, and as soon as I turned the car on, the song was, was started with verse number 9 here. So I'm, I kind of didn't mind a little bit of witness for this morning. So here, here it is, 2 Corinthians 4, 7. Remember a couple of weeks ago when I read like five words of a verse and you sat down? Anybody remember that? Yeah. We're going, we're going to make up for that. 2 Corinthians 4 and 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. 2023 terminology that would be plastic bottles that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us we are troubled on every side yet not distressed we are perplexed but not in despair persecuted but not forsaken cast down but not destroyed always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus that the life also of Jesus might be manifest in our body. So then death, excuse me, verse 11, for we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake that the life also of Jesus might be manifest in our mortal flesh so then death worketh in us but life in you we having the same spirit of faith according as it is written I believed and therefore have I spoken we also believe and therefore speak knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction. For our light affliction. Which is but for a moment worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory while we look not at the things which are seen but at the things which are not seen because the things which are seen are temporal the things which are not seen are eternal Verse number 8 in the Amplified says it this way, We are hedged in 
pressed on every side, troubled and oppressed in every way, but not cramped or crushed. I have claustrophobia. I can't do an MRI. I don't, my wife does them. Some of you, I, I, she's like, you can get out if you need to. I'm like, that ain't no guarantee. You just push the button. What, what if I push the button and they all left? I don't, I don't even do good with the open ones. A couple of weeks ago when I got my knee done, I was, I, I was, I was only, it was only about to my stomach. I laid there for 20 minutes trying to keep my heart rate from not going crazy. I know it's ridiculous. We are pushed in. We are hemmed in from every direction. But we're not cramped or crushed. My dad is, if you don't know my dad, my dad's a little bit bigger than me. Height and other ways. My dad's, I, I, don't, I, I don't know how, my dad's done several MRIs. I don't know how he does it. I, I don't know how. Do you know what Paul says? We, we may feel like we are absolutely hemmed and pressed in, but we are not cramped or crushed. We suffer embarrassments and are perplexed and unable to find a way out, but not driven to despair. The Passion Translation says, though we experience every kind of pressure, we're not crushed. At times, we don't know what to do. Anybody feel this way? Quitting is not an option. At times we don't know what to do. But quitting is just not an option. And then lastly, the Living Bible says we are pressed on every side by troubles, but not crushed and broken. We are perplexed because we don't know why things happen as they do. We don't give up and quit. Father, I thank you so much. Lord, I feel like I say this just about every time I go to preach, but I don't say it out of habit. I don't say it out of ritual. I thank you so much for your presence that again today has moved into this sanctuary that as we have worshipped you, you have responded to our worship and you have already been ministering throughout this service you've already been touching hearts and lives minds spirits emotions i pray that you would continue and that now god you would do that through your word that you would speak to us today that your spirit would speak to our hearts and our lives today that god we would have ears to hear what you would say Lord, once again today, I trust you, depend on you. Trust you for your anointing today. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You can be seated. I'm going to.
give you my title in just a second, and I'll give it to you this way. I'm not really sure when any loved one or close friend passes. I think it's just about always too soon. I have a grandmother here this morning that turned 94 a couple of days ago. I don't know how much longer she has. I don't know how many more years she may have. I just can tell you this right now. Whatever moment God chooses for her to finish this race is too soon. 94 years, 95, if she somehow made it to 100, it's, it's too soon. But, but there's also seems to be something about those that pass younger, midlife, 30-something, 20-something, and down. And, and Friday, Sister Peggy Holston, you know, they're, they're, I'm, I'm just going to take my time for a few minutes because I, I, I'm not preaching next week, so I'm going to borrow some of my time that I'm giving someone else. There, there's, some, there, there's a number of people, some here this morning, some that aren't able to be here this morning, some that are downstairs in Sunday school that Many of you don't know their names. You may not really know who they are, but you don't understand the value that they are to us. And one of the ways they are of value to us is by the stability they bring. You know, when a when a baby is crying and screaming and 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 and, and whether it's just because they're hungry or maybe they're in pain or something, if, if someone is trying to console that baby, but they are, they are all agitated and irritable or frustrated, that, that, that baby recognizes that. You need someone with a, with a calmness. So there are people among us here at Antioch and at Antioch Central that they, they bring stability to us because they weather storms and they, they just remain steady and consistent. It's kind of sad because a lot of times the people that get the most attention in a, even in a positive way, that get the most recognition are people that just kind of flutter in like a butterfly and flutter out. And then those that just, like Enoch, continue to walk with God, we don't always recognize them and celebrate them. So all of that to say that I personally believe Sister Peggy Holston is one of those people and been here, I think, since the early 80s, Sister Peggy, or before that. I don't uh, long time. Just over a week ago, her grandson, who had been born prematurely, 
24 weeks, lived a couple of weeks, passed away. I stood there Friday at the graveside. I said this to the deacons this morning, and I'll go ahead and say it right now. And I know he will not like this, but I have the mic. Brother Brother Ben Kimbrell did the graveside service Friday and did an absolutely amazing job. I don't know, Ben, have you ever done a funeral before? Not a whole lot. And just fantastic. Thank you, thank you, Brother Kimbrell, for being an earthen vessel with excellency of the power of God. And I stood there and looking at that tiny coffin. And I stood there thinking, there are, I mean, I'm the pastor here. (laughs) There are so many things I don't understand. But here's my title and here's what I thought standing there Friday. There's a whole lot of things I don't understand. But there are things that I know. So I want to preach to you for a little bit this morning on things I don't understand and things I know. Can I just tell you, I, assuming most of you are familiar with this, some of you may not be, but there may be other names for it. The name I know it as is Adaptive Cruise Control. It's a pretty nice feature. Cruise control has been around for a long time, but the problem with cruise control is you set the speed, that's the speed. If nothing's in your path, that's great. But more often than not, especially around here, I've been a lot of places with worse traffic than us, but I've been a lot of places that our traffic is way worse than them. Some of you folks that are newer to the area, Ritchie Highway hadn't always been like it is. You used to get get up and down it pretty quickly from here to Pasadena, Glen Burnie. Now it doesn't matter what time of day, night, it, it's going to take you some time. So if you got just just regular cruise control, you set it, but the problem is you, you gotta pay attention because if something's in the way, you gotta, you gotta turn it off, you gotta hit the brakes, but the beauty of adaptive cruise control is it, it's, it recognizes traffic and slows down. You can you can set the distance, and that can be uh, a good ways, or you can make it a little closer. And so you you know if you're out on the highway traveling on a road trip, man, you just set that adaptive cruise control, and and you can just kind of you know in some ways check out a little bit. Now they got they got cars that can drive themselves, which I I don't really want one of those, at least not right now. I don't forgive me for saying this. I don't want to offend anybody, but I've seen too many TV shows and movies. I don't trust somebody's gonna somebody's gonna hack that car and take me someplace I am not wanting to go. Can I tell you that 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 your walk with God and if you're not a Christian and you're contemplating it 
I, I want to tell you that it's not a, it's not an adaptive cruise control drive. It it would be a lot more like the pioneers of the old days in their wagons and horses and trying to dig out the roads that they were even trying to travel, which I think is part of the reason why so many people become disillusioned with Christianity because they thought it was supposed to be a cruise ship and a first-class cabin, and it's not. It's a struggle. It's a fight. Paul said, I fought a good fight. I kept the faith. There is a crown of righteousness that is laid up for me because I, I ran this race. I didn't quit. I didn't give up. And so that there are some things that you're not going to ever understand, but there's some things you can rely on if you know them. Because you will need to use them from time to time. I'll, I'll praise no matter what I feel like. I'll praise when I'm up. I'll praise when I'm down. You don't praise when you're down if all you're doing is living off of understanding. You don't praise when things aren't going good if the only thing you do is based on what you understand. At some point, you've got to have some things you know. And in spite of what I see in the temporal, I'm not looking at what I see in the temporal, but I put my eyes on some things that are unseen, and that's what I'm going to live my life based on. This won't be a conclusive list, but these are just some of the things that have come to mind that I don't understand, but there's some things I know. You probably can add to this list for yourself when we're done, but I I don't understand how all this got here. But I know one thing. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form, and there was darkness, but the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and out of that God brought what we know as creation. I I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense to me, but I'm telling you today, I know it without a shadow of a doubt that God said, let there be light, and there was light. That God spoke the stars and the planets and the sun and the moon and put it into place. I I know that with everything in me. I don't understand it, but I know it. I I don't understand why godly people don't always get to live a long life. I don't understand why Holy Ghost filled, dedicated saints of God I don't understand why a Ramona Brown in her prime, one of the most precious individuals that's ever been a part of this church in its 50 plus years. She was a part of the youth group when my wife and I were, were youth pastors. In fact, I think kind of our whole time she was one of the main youth and then Oh, you, if you, most, many of you probably have no idea who Ramona is. She was anointed, powerful singer and my wife and I were in Louisiana, went down there for a conference and first night, waking early that morning by the message that she had completely, unexpectedly 
drop dead. I don't understand why God chooses for some... There, there, there's some people, I, I don't mean to be offensive, and it's none of you, don't worry, but there's some people, I'm like, God, if you want to take somebody... Let us, do me a favor, God, let us have a really good prayer meeting. Make sure they're repented, prayed up, where they need to be, and then take them. Take them because they, they keep messing up, God, and the odds aren't looking real good. Take them because they keep making everybody else miserable, God. I don't understand why God chooses to take some that He chooses to take. But let me tell you something I know today. Isaiah 57 verse 1 says this in the New Living Translation. Good people pass away. The godly often die before their time. But no one seems to care or wonder why. No one seems to understand that God is protecting them from the evil to come. For those who follow godly paths will rest in peace when they die. I, I don't like it that God chooses. I, I don't understand it, but here's what I know. It's not God's judgment or punishment that chooses to take some earlier than we would like. It's God's grace and it's God's mercy and perhaps God knows things about the future. We view it as punishment. We view it as such a negative. But there are some precious men and women of God that have gone on from this church way sooner. It's still, I, I, I was out in the, in the, the, the container out there on the slab where we have the fellowships a couple of weeks ago and, and, and you walk in there and it's just, it's almost creepy. I'm sorry. It's almost creepy. There is just, it's like everywhere you look, it's just fingerprints of Sean Whaley. It's fingerprints. Still blow, I still can't process it. And there are others. But, but, but what did God see? What did God know? I, what, what, what was the king? Somebody help me. That, that, that the prophet came to him and said, get, get ready, you're going to die. Hezekiah. It wasn't, it wasn't punishment that God came to Hezekiah and said, Hezekiah, you're going to die. It actually was grace and mercy. And Hezekiah responds and he says, can you give me a little more time? And the prophet says to Hezekiah, okay, God's going to add 15 years to your life. Those last 15 years were the worst years of his life. I don't understand it, but I know this. There's some people God chooses to take them out sooner than we would like, but there's something about their future. It, well, maybe some of them, He knows that if they stuck around here too long, they'd get weary and they'd quit and they'd be lost. I got a question. Would you rather have a few more years with somebody here and now, or would you rather know that you're going to spend an eternity on streets of gold with them, that it's not just this fleeting life, but you're going to have an eternity? Yeah. 
I know this is going to just sound really simple and plain and whatever. It's not profound, but I think you'll relate. I, I just don't understand why some things go the way they do. Started preaching pretty regularly when I was 18. I'm 51 years old now. That's how many years? I can't do the math. There's some things I just, I just still, Brother Barr, with all my study and digging and reading of Scripture and reading of books to learn, and try, I just don't understand why some things go. But here's what I do know, Isaiah 55 and verse 8, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. And I realize these verses don't say it, but can I say what I think the implication is? My ways are better than your ways. You may not always like my ways. You may not always approve of my ways, but my ways are higher. My thoughts are higher. And here's the next thing that I know, Romans 8.28, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to His purpose. I don't understand why it goes the way it does. I don't understand why He does some things and doesn't do other things. But here's what I know, is that when it's all said and done, it will somehow work together for my good. I don't understand why we are pressed on every side. I don't understand why it seems like we are surrounded by troubles. I, I, I don't want you to do this in a comparison way because some of you, you'll, you'll do what I think is positive to do. And I've said I've done it numerous times the last couple of years. I, I don't want you to respond to my question that I'm about to ask based on other people. Well, you know, my stuff is not as so. I, I want you to just, just respond for you. Is, is there anybody here today that that you feel like you are troubled on every side. Anybody? Well, there's some dishonest people or paralyzed people, one or the other. It feels like every direction you turn in, there's, there's trouble, you're pressed, you're, health and finances and family and, and, and ministry and, and it's just, you can't seem to turn in a direction where you're not troubled. One more, anybody? God, we, we had a little harvest there. We had a few more converts. And don't sit there and act like you ain't going through nothing and the rest of us are all... I, I don't understand because it seems like, to me, it's just that the, that the song says, which is a little bit of a paraphrase of the verse, but the song says, morning by morning, new mercy I see. You know one way I sing that song, and that is morning by morning, new pain I feel. But I think the other way some of us feel that song is morning by morning, new troubles. Are you kidding me, God? Do you not remember what happened yesterday and now this today? Well, unfortunately, 
Psalm 34 and 19 says, Many, many are the afflictions of the righteous. I don't understand that, but I know this. The Lord delivereth him out of them all. Here's what I ultimately know about those things that we go through that I don't understand. Revelation 21 and verse number 1. I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. And there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bridegroom, as a bride adored for, adorned for her husband, And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and He will dwell with them, and they shall be His people, and God Himself himself shall be with them and be their God. I don't understand a lot of things, but here's what I know. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor cry crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. I don't understand all the death. I don't understand all the sorrow. I don't understand all the pain. I don't understand all the suffering down here. But what I know is what a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see. When I look upon His face, the one who saved me by His grace, when He takes me by the hand and leads me to the promised land. What a day! What a glorious day that will be. But the bottom line is we're not there yet. So here's what I know right now. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because You are with me me. Your rod and your staff comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemy. My cup runneth over. You anoint my head with oil. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. There may be some stuff in front of me that I don't understand, but goodness and mercy are coming behind me. That's what I know. There's too many people that have lost out on their walk with God because they got stuck on what they didn't understand and didn't stand on what they know. I don't understand it. I don't like it. I can't figure it out, so I'm done with it. But when there's some things you know, you may not understand, but when you know what you know, kind of connected to that, I don't understand why when I am in need is when it often feels like God is not there or the furthest away. 
anybody else. Those moments where you're doing all right, things are going pretty well, you walk into church, and man, boy, I feel the, boy, the presence of God is here. Man, this is awesome. And then those times you come in and you are troubled on every side, perplexed, cast down. You're like, you're, you're, you're kind of like the rich man. God, just, just a drop? Can I just get a drop of your presence? Just, 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 just a little drop. I, I, you don't have to give me one of those Holy Ghost fits where I shake and huck and buck and knock people. Just a, just a drop, just a goosebump. I'm not even asking for plural goosebumps. Just one single tiny. Can I tell you what I don't understand, but what I know? Psalms 46, God is our refuge and strength. A very present help. Where? We're always so excited about God being very present at church. We don't really oftentimes need Him much at church. I'm sorry, this is the place oftentimes you need Him the least. It's when you're laying there at night all by yourself and thoughts and things are bombarding you. It's, it's when you walk into the doctor's office completely uncertain about what the, the diagnosis is going to be. It's, 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 it's when, you, when you're looking at the bank account and you're trying to figure out how am I going to get not, not, not go on a spending spurt. How am I just going to pay for what I need? When, 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 there's, when there's issues and problems going on in your family, that's when you need Him the most, but often when we feel Him the least. But He said, I am a very present help. You want to know where God is? God is in trouble. That's where God is. God is in trouble. God is in your trouble. Whether you feel Him or not. Never forget several years ago, my wife and I sitting in Pastor Ron Libby's office. and Where, 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 where does God go? Where's God? He said, you, you want to know where God is? I know some of you won't do this, but some of you will. Let me show you where God is. I want you to join me in where God is. Brother Foss, do you want to know where God is? Come on. Come on. Put that pride aside, some of you. I ain't doing that. Somebody think I'm picking my nose. <laughs> That's where God is. Because here's the question. How does an omnipresent God... If God fills all space, where can God go? Can't go anywhere. Whether I feel Him or not, God is right here. Whether I sense Him or not, He is right there. That, that's where He is. He is in my trouble. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, if you don't bow, you're going to get thrown into the fire. Okay, that's alright, we won't bow. 
they were, I know this was Old Testament, so it was different then, but, but just think of it in New Testament terms. They, they weren't standing there before the king, and, and one of them spoke up and said, we're not, we refuse to bow. You know, Shadrach says, I'm sorry, king, we're not going to bow. And Abednego standing over there going, my God, I feel the Holy Ghost. Man, I feel the power of God in this place. No! I guarantee you they were standing there with their hearts racing like crazy. Sorry, king, we will not bow. And here's the reason we won't bow. Because our God can deliver us. But just in case our God doesn't deliver us, we're still not going to bow. It wasn't until they got in trouble that the king says, I thought we threw three people in the fire, but I've been counting a couple of times, and I see four, and that four, is not like the other three. God is in your trouble. This is kind of related to that, but I don't understand that why we're in trouble and why we're in difficult times that it seems harder in those moments to find God than other times. Proverbs 24, 16 says, actually I jumped ahead, that one's to come. I don't understand why it seems like the harder I try in general, the more I struggle. Anybody ever been in those seasons? You you know what, I'm ready to be, I'm going to be sold out to this God thing. I'm going all in. Excuse the saying, but all hell breaks loose. I don't know, anybody ever been in a place where you couldn't utter a prayer, but you still could at least think a prayer? Anybody ever been there? I've been there. I've been there in the last 24 hours. I couldn't get my mouth to work, my tongue to move, but my head was... But anybody ever been in a place where you not only couldn't utter a prayer, you couldn't even think it? It usually happens right after you make up your mind. Well, I'm, let's go. I'm ready. <laughs> I don't understand that, but here's what I know. Proverbs 24 and 16, a just man, a righteous man, falls seven times and rises again. I don't understand why the struggle, I don't understand why it seems the more I make up my mind, the harder it is and the more I fall. But here's what I know, is a righteous man falls, but he gets up again. Well, I only got seven times. Some of you are on six today and you're like, oh God, I got one more to go and I'm done. You're trying extra hard because you've only got one life left. I mean, we, surely we could have at least got nine like cats, right? I mean, surely a righteous man can fall nine times and get up. No, seven times. But the reason he said seven wasn't because you better keep track and make sure that you know how many times because you're you're getting close to being done. What he was saying was, it's going to be more than a couple of times that you're going to fall. But you have the ability, you have the right, you have the hope of getting back up. Psalms 37 and 23 says, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Here's what I know. I know I'm going to fall. 
But I'm not going to be utterly cast down because the Lord is going to uphold me with His hand. I don't understand why I fall so much. I don't understand why the harder I try, the more I fall. But here's what I know. When I fall, the prophet says it this way, Rejoice not against me, O mine enemy, because when I fall, I shall arise. I don't understand why with the grace of God and the power of God and the strength of God, I don't understand why I fall so much. I don't understand it, but I know this. I'm going to get back up again. When I fall, I'm going to get back up. I know that I can, and I've made up my mind I will. This one kind of connected to the previous one of where is God and your trouble. I don't understand why there seems to be so many times, especially when I feel like I need it the most, that I can't find God. I don't understand it. Here's what I know, Job 23 and 8. Behold, I go forward. He's not there and backward, but I cannot perceive him. On the left hand where he doth work, but I can't behold him. He hides himself on the right hand that I cannot see him. I don't understand that. I don't like that. I can't figure that out. But here's what I know. He knows the way that I take. And when He has tried me, I will come forth as gold. So my foot has held His steps. His way have I kept and not declined. Neither have I gone back from the commandment of His lips. I have esteemed the words of His mouth more than my necessary food. I don't understand why it seems like so many times I can't find Him. But here's what I know. He knows exactly where I am. Anybody familiar enough with this area that you know where the Arnold Fire Department is? Anybody know where the Arnold Fire Department is? We have a lot of people that are not troubled on every side. We have a lot of people that don't know Arnold. Anybody know where Safeway in Arnold is? On this side of Arnold Road. Isn't that Arnold Road? How do I not know that all these years? On this side, there's a bank, gas station, and near all of that is is a fire department. I know. I have lived the majority of my life. I lived probably half of my life pretty much in Arnold. I know. I I see that firehouse just about every day. I come to Arnold. I come to the church just about every day. I know exactly where it is. I, I have a question. If you were in this sanctuary all by yourself and you fell and were unable to get up and there was nobody here to help you, What's more important, you 
knowing where the fire department is or the fire department knowing where you are. I've looked for God in front of me and I've looked for God behind me and I've, I've gone, I, I've, I've said this so many times throughout my ministry and preaching, you, you come into church sometimes and I look over and man, I see Josh doing his thing and I don't, I'm like, man, if I can get over there, maybe there'll be a little bit of spillover because I, I see God working. So I get up over there, and it's, man, it's like, do you know, it's, it's, it's like the children of Israel when they left Egypt. They get to the Red Sea, and they're stuck, and then next thing you know, here comes Pharaoh's army, and they're like, oh, uh, what are we going to do? And God just put this, like, little wall. I just read it the other day again. One side of that wall, one side of that barrier was light, and the other side where the Egyptians was on was dark. I feel like that happens, Brother Bart, sometimes in church. Like, man, boy, God's moving over there. I'm going over there, and there's like, light, dark. He said, I, I look where he was working. I could see him working. And I went there. And I couldn't find him. But he knows where I am. Hebrews 13.5 Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he hath said, here's what I know. If I can't find him, ultimately that's okay because here's what I know. He will never leave me and he will never forsake me. Matthew 28 verse 20 teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you and lo I am with you always even to the end of the world Psalm 37 25 I've been young and now I'm old and I have never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread I can't always find him I don't always understand where he is but I know he knows where I am and I know he's not going to abandon me he will not forsake me I may be troubled on every side but it's going to be okay I don't understand why you and I sit here today pursuing a godly lifestyle going through so many difficulties and hardships when the ungodly seem to do whatever they want to do and life seems to be good. I don't understand it. If anybody deserves to be healthy and whole and happy and blessed, you and I deserve that. But is there anybody that looks around and sees some ungodly people in your life that care le- couldn't care less about God, have no regard for the Word of God in their lives, and yet it seems like life is just good? Anybody ever seen that? My do- my alone here. Okay, thank you. Psalm 73 and verse 1, he stayed, the psalmist said, Truly God is good to Israel, even to such 
as of a clean heart. But as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped. For I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. I, I didn't understand it. It didn't make sense. But here's, here's what I know. Verse 16. When I thought to know that, when I thought to understand that, it was too painful for me until I went into the sanctuary of God. Then I understood therein. I know this, there's a lot of times out there when I'm by myself, I don't understand why God lets things go the way they are for unbelievers and things go the way they do for me. But I know this, Brother Barr, when I get into the sanctuary, when I get into the presence of God, My thinking begins to be readjusted. My understanding becomes clear. And I realize things may not be good for me right now. And they may look good for them right now. But the end hasn't come yet. I got a couple more things in my list. There's plenty more that I don't understand, but... These are just the ones I feel like the Lord impressed on me. I don't understand. I really don't understand how that one day human beings are going to have the gravitational pull of earth cease from holding them down. I definitely, I mean, that's Star Wars stuff. Beam me up, Scotty. I don't, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. But I'm going to tell you today what I know without a doubt. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. But we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written death is swallowed up in victory oh death where is thy sting oh grave where is thy victory the sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law but thanks be unto God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ there's a lot I don't understand but here's what I know Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. But I would not have you be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not even as others which are, which have no hope. I know some of you don't know it. There's two Antioch Hills. 
There's two Antioch hills. If you didn't know it, this we refer to this here as Antioch Hill, the hill. The hill. We got three different congregations throughout the area. And events happen at the hill. This is, this is the original hill. But there's another Antioch hill. It's over off of Bestgate Road. It's a cemetery. There's an Antioch hill there. Because there's some folks that when that trumpet sounds, years ago before our last house, we bought, we were looking at the neighborhood next to that cemetery. I told my wife, you know what, I think it'd be pretty cool to live here. Because if we're home looking out the window, when the rapture takes place, we'll get a little bit of a heads up. Because we shall not all sleep. We don't sorrow as those that have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them which also sleep in Jesus will God bring with them. For this we say, this we know by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord wherefore wherefore comfort us comfort one another with these words we, we don't comfort each other with what we don't understand. In fact, when we get to talking about what we don't understand, we get more depressed. When we get to talking about what we don't understand, we feel more fear. When we get to talking about what we don't understand, we feel more anxiety. The Bible says David and his men had been out fighting and they came back from battle. And when they got back, the enemy had come and taken their wives and possessions. And David got to worrying that everybody else was going to kill him. And there wasn't anybody else there that was going to help him. But the Bible said David encouraged himself. I don't need you having a pity party with me when I'm talking about what I don't understand. I don't need you sympathizing with me when I'm talking about what I don't understand. I need you to tell me what you know. And I need you to remind me what I know that I may have forgotten. Because there's always going to be stuff. In fact, I feel like the older I get, Brother Isaac, the more I don't understand. But I also know this, the older I get, the more I know. Because I'm, I'm learning more and more the things that I put my trust in that I know are the things that will remain. They are the things that I can stand on a sure foundation on. Here's the last one I'll give for today. I've already said it. I hope and pray that as I've 
preached this morning, you've sat there and thought, you know what, I don't understand this, but I know this. I don't this isn't in my notes, but I, I don't understand why I can dedicate my kids to the Lord and raise them on apostolic seats and bring them to church and then they, they walk away. I don't understand that, but here's what I know. What I know is train up a child in the way they should go. And when they are old, they, they will not depart. There, there's, 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 there's all kinds of other stuff I don't understand and I know you don't understand. But what do you know today? What do you know? This is actually, this was earlier and I missed it. So I don't know if that was the Lord or just my age. We'll see. I don't understand how people who have faithfully walked with Jesus can turn their back on Him. I don't understand how people who have walked with God, been dedicated and committed to God, can just walk away from it. I don't, I don't understand it, but here's what I know. From that time, many of His disciples went back and walked no more with Him. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, Will you go also? I don't understand that, but I know this. Lord, where am I going to go? Because you alone have the words of eternal life. And we, and I, believe, and I'm sure... That you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. God, I don't understand how people that I've stood shoulder to shoulder in with in ministry. I I don't understand that people that I've been on spiritual battlefields with and shed blood, sweat and tears with. I I don't understand, God, how they can walk away from something so precious. I, I don't understand that, but what I know is this. I have no place else to go. I don't always like how it goes, but I've got no place else to go. I don't like always like what you do, but I've got all, no place else to go. I don't always like what you don't do, but I've got no place else to go. I don't understand that, but I know this. There is no place I would rather be. I believe with all of my heart that your worst day in the church is better than your best day in the world. Because on your worst day in the church, you've got hope for a future. But on your best day in the world, that's all there is. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't fit my understanding. Why would Moses... When given a choice as to what his future was going to be. When he looks 
at Pharaoh's house who he had been adopted into and raised in and and, and they were the they were the ruling people and, and and he was living in the household of the king. Egypt was the the the, 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 the thriving culture of that day. They had everything, they had the best of everything. That was door number one. Door number two is those people that are in bondage and slavery. Those people that are killing themselves every day. Those people that seem to have no hope. You can give that up for that. What is there to think about? is there to even consider why would you give up Egypt and Pharaoh's household for the children of Israel in slavery and bondage I don't understand it but Moses had something he knew it didn't make sense that the chosen people of God were in bondage it didn't make sense that the people God called as such a small group of people and made such amazing promises to, it did not make sense that they were in the condition that they were in. I don't understand it. But somehow Moses knew what's going on in Egypt is temporary. And what's going on for the children of Israel in bondage is temporary. But when the script gets flipped, the Egyptians are going to be the ones suffering. And the ones who are currently in bondage are going to be the ones thriving and experiencing the blessings of God. If you rely on your understanding today, You're never going to make that journey. If all you do is rely on your understanding today, you're, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to tell you, but you're not going to remain dedicated and committed to Jesus Christ because you're going to be troubled on every side. You're, you're going to be crushed. You're going to be cast down. But You can make up your mind. Rather than focusing on all that I don't understand, I'm going to focus on what I know. Could, could, could I take what Paul said? I've already quoted it, but could I take what Paul said and apply it in this context? He said, I fought a good fight. I kept the faith. I, I wonder if the thing Paul had to struggle to keep his faith from, keep his faith for, was all of the things he didn't understand. God, I don't understand. I've, I've, I've dedicated my life to you and you let me be shipwrecked. God, I, I committed my life to you and you've let me be in prison. God, I've committed my life to you and you've let my back be beaten numerous times. I don't understand that, God. 
I wonder if the thing Paul fought to fight to keep was the knowledge that His grace, His grace is sufficient. Would you bow your heads, please, right where you are? I'm, I'm, I'm pretty confident that if you would, I'm pretty confident that every single individual in this room right now, you have or you could come up with some things that I haven't said today that you don't, you don't understand. Perhaps some of you are you're struggling today in your walk with God, your faith in God, because you are overwhelmed by all that you don't understand. But if you, if you take your eyes off of what you can see today, as Paul said, and take your eyes off of those temporal things and start looking at those things you, you can't see, you could... You could tap into those things that you you know. I know we have guests here today and I believe that what has been preached can apply to you as well. I, I want to make an appeal to an, anyone and everyone in this room right now. If you're willing to acknowledge today, Pastor Wright, there's things there's things I'm have struggled with or there's things I'm struggling to understand but by the help of the Lord today I don't want to live influenced controlled by what I don't understand I want to live guided by what I know Paul said it this way and the peace of God. The King James says, which passes, the Greek word means surpasses. So I'll say it that way. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. Can I tell you today, the understanding that you've so desperately wanted in different situations is the inferior thing. The superior thing to your understanding is just the peace. The peace that surpasses. So can I ask you to do this? Thank you as I look across the sanctuary. I appreciate your willingness to bow your head, close your eyes and I know I say this many times but if nothing else I ask that for a few moments for the sake of others maybe, maybe you don't feel or sense a need right now for yourself but, but hopefully as a way to make others a little bit more comfortable you would just continue that for a moment but whether you're a guest or you come here faithfully if you're willing to acknowledge that Either it's something that I've said this morning or as I've preached, it's something the Spirit of the Lord has quickened to your mind today that you've been struggling with things you don't understand. 
you've been trying to understand you've been trying to get some explanation and it's not coming but while there are a lot of things you may not understand there's some things down deep in your spirit that you know I invite you if you're going through that in any way to get up out of your seat make your way down to this altar either just simply make a declaration yourself or maybe you need to ask the Lord to help you today God I I don't want to live influenced manipulated by the things I don't understand God I want to live based on the things that I know. I want to live, God, with the confidence of what I what I know from Your Word. I may not understand it. I may never understand it, but I've got a, I've got a treasure in this earthen vessel the excellency of the power is not me as the vessel it's not my ability it's not my human strength it's not my natural determination but but the excellency of the power Lord is your spirit in me in the name of Jesus if you don't if you don't feel a need to respond for yourself right now be sensitive to the Spirit of the Lord to maybe use you to minister to someone else. If you need to respond for yourself, please, please do that. The Spirit of the Lord is talking to you and ministering to you. Please, please be responsive to Him. But if you don't necessarily need it, would you you let the Lord use you right now? Would you let the Lord use you to minister to somebody else? God, I pray for every mind in this place today that's battling fear and anxiety, worry, doubt because of the things in their life that they're struggling to understand. Lord, those that may be even contemplating giving up, throwing in the towel and just walking away like some of those disciples did. By Your grace today, God, help us to be set free from the control, the influence of what we don't understand and let us Let our minds be guarded, governed by the things that we know, by the promises of Your Word that are sure, that are reliable, that are unchanging, unfailing. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I know sometimes we, we're more comfortable when there's more, there's more volume and there's more activity, but 
things like this. They're a deep work of the Spirit and we can't always really sense with our eyes what's going on, but we can sense with our spirits what God is doing. Those things that have happened to you, those things that have happened in your life, you may not understand them, but what you can know is there is a promise that somehow somehow it will work for good. Somehow His ways aren't my ways. His thoughts aren't my thoughts. They're higher than mine. They're different than mine. But what I also know is they're far better than mine.